Welcome back to another daily walk. So we're gonna do another section here on the Lucifer Principle and uh, there were just a couple things that I wanted to note. Um, and uh, I wanna look at the last chapter, the, the last chapter in this section. And the chapter is called Oliver Cromwell, The Rodent uh, Instincts Don a Disguise. Um, and there's some interesting things in here that, that once again, while the author, and even earlier in the in this section, he, there's another yet somehow mysteriously, you know, whatever happens. And there's a whole lot of things in here that, that he says that are, once again, if you're looking to justify the absence of a God, you can use these principles, but every single thing he cites can also be used to demonstrate who God is as revealed in the scriptures. And the thing I thought was most interesting in this, now of course, what is up with this uh, rodent's instincts? Well, the previous section kind of goes into, uh, into you know, the, once again, you know, these rats will somehow clean out their gene pool and, and focus on their gene pool, even though the entire previous section on memes, he goes out of his way to say it's not about the genes, somehow it's the memes. Well, now we're back to the genes. You can see the problem with this is that the challenges are, you know, he's kind of picking and choosing to demonstrate his view. And I thought there were a couple things in here that were, that were very specifically fascinating. Um, because he goes in here and, and he writes, The Old Testament, Oliver Cromwell's favorite inspirational readings, the Jews had fought to free the promised land of the Jebusites, Canaanites, and the Philistines. In fact, their God had ordered them to do it. Okay, we're going to stop right there. This is one of those things is that people will, if, if you misunderstand the unity of scripture and what is the purpose of the old and new testaments and how they interrelate to each other a lot of people say well if god is a god of love why do he have all these people going into war and this author's explanation is simply a genetic one listen to what he says next why because god was the caretaker of a specific pool of genes the jebusites canisites and philistines were not carriers of jehovah's favored genetic strain hence concluded God, they had no place in the land the Lord had set aside for his chosen pool of DNA. Now, understand that this book was written at a time where the Human Genome Project was, it was either still commencing or, um, or had just been completed. He for sure was researching during this. There was a lot of, a lot of call that we're going to identify the, the genes. We're going to know all the genes are because once we can know the genetic code, we will control cancer. We are going to control genetic diseases. We're going to control X, Y, and Z. And what has happened? Well, things have gone the way of the world towards entropy, towards chaos. We just have just as many diseases. Cancer is, is still just as prevalent of a killer. We haven't used all this genetic knowledge. And of course, some people are saying, well, that's because of these, these right-wing religious people are preventing us to use stem cells in research. Not so. There's perfectly good stem cells perfectly available that come from things like live birth, like embryonic stem cells are some of the best. You can get those from the umbilical cord, a completely wasteful product according to modern medicine. You can use those for stem cell research. There's a lot of other things. You, there's ways of getting stem cells. Now, what the, what the Christians will oftentimes, uh, what they're talking about is, is, is utilizing embryonic stem cells, which really aren't any better than most other stem cells. Um, but regardless, it doesn't have anything to do with that. It has to do with the fact that now that we've mapped out all the genes, it turns out that there are certainly a lot of environmental factors that also determine who and what we are. It's not entirely genetic. 
obesity, heart disease, these diseases, there are some genetics which will move us in a direction towards some more predisposition, but still a person with that disposition can still engage in environmental factors to change things. Ultimately, during this time when this book was written, and certainly when the book was being researched, the genes were going to unlock everything, and that's why there's so much focus on the genes. We now know, I mean, that was 20 years ago, we now know that that genes, while there is some power in there, they're not all that powerful. And even the genes and things that we have found are not nearly as sensational as journalists would say. In fact, I remember right around that time, this was, I was teaching, um, so... I was in grad school teaching, so it must have probably just been maybe, I don't know, 2002, 2003, shortly after the Human Genome Project completed, CNN released an article, and it's, the obesity gene has been found, and now there are several factors which lead to obesity, some of them genetic, some of them not so much as, as such. Well, this, this gene is called the MC4 mutation. It doesn't make a person fat. What it does is there is a signaling protein in the uh, in the stomach called uh, 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 he actually mentioned the name of it earlier here he didn't describe what it is but that's what it is it's uh, cholecystokinin uh, so cholecystokinin is a protein that is released when you eat fats and you eat proteins this sick this um, uh, it's a uh, it's a hormone it's released from the stomach lining and goes up to the brain to say you're no longer hungry this is why eating a fat and protein rich diet uh, you tend to eat less and you tend to lose a lot of weight because your body is signaled that you're not hungry versus eating pure sugar, which is what our modern diet is, doesn't trigger the stuff. And so we end up overeating because we're eating so much sugar, we never feel full. You can consume thousands and thousands of calories of sugar and not feel full but one steak and you're done the steak has a fraction of the calories that you can get with with other forms of sugars carbohydrates potatoes and things like that now i go off on all this because this mc4 mutation all this does is it breaks uh it breaks this hormone and a person can continue to eat and there's no signal back to the brain so what you see is that the the front the, the first pass system is broken. However, if you've already eaten a plate and a half of food, don't go back for another. There are environmental things that you can do to account for that, realizing what you have. Now we have to deal with deal with the hunger things and um, uh, Robert Lustig dealt with some some of his research deals with those signaling uh, principles which have to do with leptin. Um, the only reason I went off on all that very large bunny trail is to say our genes are not nearly as important as some people will suggest. There are indeed some factors, but they're not all there. But this had nothing to do with genes. To come right back to where we were, this has nothing to do with genes. Hence, God concluded they had no place in the land the Lord had set aside for his chosen gene pool. No. If you read the scriptures, the reason God had destroyed the, uh, the, the, he commanded the destruction of the Jebusites, the Canaanites, and the Philistines had nothing to do with their genes, their genetics. It had to do with their cultural morality. 
you read back and I think it's Genesis 15. I was going to look it up before this. I forgot. I think it's Genesis 15 when God and Abraham are involved in this covenant and, Ab and God is telling Abraham that he is going to uh, go out and be a, uh, his people are going to go out and be a, a slave for 400 years. The reason he cites is that the, the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. The reason he was calling for these people's destruction was because they were wretchedly immoral people. Even by modern America's standards, they were sacrificing their babies to false gods. They had crazy sex through the streets. You would go to the temple and worship by buying a prostitute. These are horrible, horrible, sinful things, even by modern standards. That is why they were called for destruction. It had nothing to do with their gene pool. There were just as many people... In, during this period of time, God said, do not go against them. I am not going to hand you over. Just as many. So, sorry, sir, your entire thing has completely fallen apart because, because, he's sitting here saying this is all about genes and what they thought. Now, if it, he had just ended the sentence there, that's fine. But I think that the next sentence, or two sentences, is legitimate blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. This is what it says. The commands of the Hebrew God were the same as those of primal, primal instincts that uh, had delivered to the rats. What sounded like the voice of the Most High was actually the whispering of the animal brain. So what's going on here? Well, in biology, when you look at the evolutionary biology, what you see is this trend towards we have the ancient reptilian brain and we have the more modern mammalian brain and then we have the evolved human brain. And different behaviors are caused by different things and the basic, the basic going principle he's talking about is this theory that all of these brains are inside of us and some of our actions, those are just bad basal actions. We're being controlled by our reptilian brain but when we engage in high society we're utilizing our, our homo sapien highly evolved brain and you get all these types of things that's kind of what he's talking about now let's talk about this blasphemy of the holy spirit this is that once unforgivable sin talked about in the synoptic gospels we don't know exactly what it is but the closest we can guess is blasphemy of the holy spirit is attributing uh, under the context that jesus says this he says be warned you are, that uh, you do not blaspheme the Holy Spirit. He says, a sin committed against the Father and the Son will be forgiven, but no sin committed, but, but blasphemy against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, is what he says. The best thing that we can guess as to what this means, the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, is that it is attributing to non-God a force that really is God. Um, in this case of the Pharisees, they were attributing to Jesus and this Holy Spirit, Satan for the things that he was doing. And God, Jesus, and God says that no, or Jesus says no, that is, you are getting close to the Holy Spirit, attributing to Satan the power of the Holy Spirit. So let me read that sentence again with this concept. What sounded like the voice of the Most High was actually the whispering of the animal brain. This author is attributing this ancient reptilian subhuman mammalian brain mistaking the voice of God. So this brutal Israelite people were just going and slaughtering anyone who was not part of their tribe. That's what this entire book has been building up to. And it is built on the shakiest premise of blasphemy. That's what it is.
That's what it is. They say right later on here, the mammalian and reptile brains seem to totally control Oliver Cromwell's mind. Eventually, those animal puppet masters would prove useful in the service of a meme. Of course, we talked about the memes the last time. All right, so basically here, this kind of went into talking about who Oliver Cromwell is, which I know precious little about. Um, but basically, they were talking about how he was, he was drinking like a fish. He was, you know, he, he was an alcoholic, basically. He was a violent man. He was basically a mean drunk. This isn't a mammalian brain. Okay, you don't go into a, an addiction clinic where people are struggling with their addictions and go, oh, these people, they're just living by their mammalian brains. No, it's an addiction. It is an illness. It is a problem that needs dealt with in other ways. And ask somebody who is, or, or if you've worked with enough people, like I have, who've gotten off of drugs and have gotten off of, of other forms of addiction. Pornography addiction is one I've helped a lot of people through. A lot of these types of things. This, they're not controlled by their mammalian brains. They have a, an addiction which has biological causes, which are possibly put in there by God himself. I mean, Noah comes off of the ark, plants a vineyard, and gets drunk on some wine and kind of engages in that initial battle with Canaan as, as it is. Uh, we can leave that for another time. But ultimately, that's kind of what I want to say is be wary of the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Be wary of attributing the voice of God to some evolutionary... I'm, getting, I'm not going to use the word theory. It's not even a theory. It's a hypothesis that, oh, well, you know, what? You're addicted to, to drugs and alcohol or sex, and so you're just being controlled by your base mammalian brain. What is that? Well, flip the switch. There is none. Because life is more complicated than that. So that's kind of what I wanted to say about that. Thank you for tuning in. Our Walk in Christ podcast is a listener-supported presentation. For more information about how you can help, check out ourwalkinchrist.com forward slash support or our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Tom M. That's T-O-M-M. Digital and paperback books are available on several online bookstores or at our website. Once again, the website is OurWalkInChrist.com.